Welcome to our new pod for the Moat Museum. If you don't know, now you know. I'm Leah Brown. I'm the Assistant Director for Education here at Moat in the Museum. And for this particular podcast, we're going to use it to be able to take deep dives into history topics that may not have enough time to talk about in the classroom, you may never get to in the classroom, or you're just curious about. Today's topic is Juneteenth. Juneteenth is a celebration of the announcement that the slaves, the people who were enslaved in Galveston, Texas, were free. It's called Juneteenth because on June 19th, 1865, they learned about this, their new freed status. Kind of give a little more background to that. The Emancipation Proclamation was official on January 1st, 1863, but it applied only to those enslaved and those rebelling Southern states. The next question is how was that enforced? So the Emancipation Proclamation was freedom on paper, but in this context with Juneteenth, the announcement of freedom, way after the war was over, two months changed the lives of those who were in Texas. Texas was really isolated as a state. If you ever seen how big the U.S. is, easily known, makes sense that news would travel slow. You also have to factor in news like this, freedom would want to be limited to those by those who were in power, who benefited from those people being enslaved. So on June 19th, when Major General Gordon Granger made this announcement in Texas, the first part of it says, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that of employer and hired labor. All right, let's pause for a minute there. With this new freed status, people who had been considered property, considered, I mean, goods really, like the commerce aspect of it, they were seen as full humans. Now granted, people who were enslaved have always been humans, but now the U.S. government considered them to be people worthy of, given, absolute equality of personal rights. Those rights written in the Constitution, those rights that are part of the American story. And then the rights of property, the right to have their own home, to have their own space. But then you kind of have a bit of a segue as well with the statement between employer and hired labor. How that worked out, the order continues to say, the freedmen are advised to remain quietly at present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect a, mil- collect a military post and that will, they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. So kind of like, it's like, you're free, you're equal, but the expectation was those that were free would stay on those same plantations where they were enslaved and work for wages. Not everybody agreed with that. Something called a scatter happened. How it worked, the people who heard their freed status, they're like, well, we're out. They tried to leave. Some did escape, some, escape's not the right word, because they were free. So where were they escaping from? They had their freedom. They would leave these plantations. The goal was to maybe find other family members. One of the most, I guess, horrifying, Parts of slavery was the sale of family members, how you would never see your other family member. 
So the ability to find people was essential. It was so important. People just walked, trying to find their family members, trying to find a better space to have their families, that safety that comes with freedom. But you always have to factor in, not everybody agreed or thought that they should be free. There are stories of people who were formerly enslaved sharing that plantation owners, they would enact violence, they would shoot at people trying to leave. Some people were even lynched. So we have that aspect of control and power trying to diminish freedom. But the power of Juneteenth is a day of celebration and remembrance. It's a day where African Americans in, in the U.S. commemorate the freedom and the end of slavery. The freedom to have their homes, to have their families, to just be within the U.S., not limited to a status of enslaved. So part of this, you have to address how this actually worked out. In different communities, some would gather together. They'd have baseball games, fish fries, barbecue was a big, um, maybe as, even an essential part of Juneteenth celebrations as well. They remain, but with the influence of Jim Crow, the constant pressure, trauma, violence faced by African Americans, the celebration of the end of slavery. Some were like, well, we still have these problems to deal with. But Juneteenth allows for a day of remembrance for what African Americans have gone through, but also a day of recognizing issues and injustice and what progress needs to be done to move forward. It's interesting to note that because of segregation laws, in Houston, for example, African Americans raised $800 to buy 10 acres of land. They called it Emancipation Park, a place for the African-American community to come together to celebrate Juneteenth. So the question is, why did they have to buy land? Segregation laws, they were disallowed from gathering in public places. So to have the economic ability to buy land is one thing, but to have to buy that land to celebrate freedom is something totally different. So we see throughout the narrative of Juneteenth how African-Americans reinforce the power of their community, reinforce togetherness, and the ability to just gather to celebrate freedom that slavery is over. So how Juneteenth is celebrated is actually their regional differences. If people left Texas, they would take their traditions with them. There's a gentleman who lives in Portland, Maine, who has a Juneteenth celebration in his community there in Maine. Part of the Great Migration is the movement of people. Their traditions moved as well. Some places have parades with really big elaborate floats. Some, for some groups, Juneteenth is a family reunion. There's baseball games, people fish, and then there's traditional foods. One of them I already mentioned, barbecue for sure red soda or red drink, and that harkens back to hibiscus and cola nuts from West African traditions. So again, remembering back those traditions, things that were lost, things trying to maintain. Certain places, I think Connecticut has this, called a Marcus Garvey salad, a salad made of red, green, and black beans. Colors that represent or harken back to the African nationalist, nationalist colors. Foods like fried plantains, fried green tomatoes, catfish fingers, 
or just catfish. Cake, peach cobbler, seedless watermelon. You have the Juneteenth is the ability for a gathering space, a learning space, a teaching space, and remembrance along with just a good party. Juneteenth is significant as the Independence Day for those enslaved in the U.S. Yes, the Emancipation Proclamation did happen, but that freedom was on paper. But this announcement in Galveston, Texas, reinforced that freedom and became a rallying point and a day that all African Americans and Americans can share in the history of the end of slavery here in the U.S. If you'd like to learn more about Juneteenth, some resources are children's books, a couple different options, All Different Now by Angela Johnson, Juneteenth for Maisie by Floyd Cooper, Juneteenth Jamboree by Carol Boston Weatherford, the National Museum of African American History and Culture has actually a tour um, by their, well by then the founding director Lonnie Bunch of the Slavery and Freedom section of the galleries. He guides the tour through the galleries to highlight different artifacts to help tell the story of freedom and how important it was and is to the American story and how that culminates in Juneteenth with the knowledge of knowing freedom was um, part of, now part of the American story. Another option, PBS has a just really basic what is Juneteenth um, web resource. Alright guys, that's all I have for this version of If You Don't Know, Now You Know. Tune in for next time. Thank you for listening.